Love won't save you, Padme. Only my new powers can. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. My name is Roger Heathers. With me, as always, is my co-host, Declan Kitchener. Hello. How are you, Declan? I'm fine. We have a guest. <laughs> <laughs> You're being very efficient this week. But yes, we do have a guest. He's sitting right over there. Would Hello! You like... Hello! That was our guest, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Hi, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Lindsay, and uh, I, uh, I come on the show today. He comes to slap his knee. <laughs> That's his song this week. Thank you for doing that. No Thank worries. You <laughs> have you been, bud? Uh, yes, I have been. Um, I've been. I've been in Falmouth doing music. Uh, and I haven't written a song for nine months for, really? any, for any of the guitar stuff. So this is the first song I've written for nine is months. Is this kind of like Songwriters Anonymous? Like, uh... it, it, <laughs> yeah. my, my name is Lunacy <laughs> and it's been nine months since my last song. Yeah, we'll give you a chip at the end of the show. Oh. <laughs> I've given you guys a badge, so you know. Oh yeah, I got one a badge. Oh, we can you guys. Tra- trade them in for booze. It's true. They are Ooh, really. Let's do it. They're legal tender in most pubs. It's really good to have you on. Is this your second or third time coming on the show? Or your fourth? Fourth, I think. Fourth. Yeah, yeah. You did um, piano loodle. You did out on a limb. Out on a limb. That was the one we couldn't think of, and we could analyze and, and, and kisses as well. Yeah, it's my fourth one. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to have you on. It's a, so, it's a pleasure to be on, Roger. <laughs> <laughs> We've been being too stupid before we started, so it's hard to have any semblance of professionalism. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, not that I want to. Um, I mean, this is what people tune in in their under 200s for. It's true. It's true. Although we don't know who they are. They won't tell us. No, sadly not. Um, anyway. Leave a comment telling us who you are. If you are new to the show, um, to do a little bit of housekeeping... Then uh, well done on making it through this far. Yeah. Um, what we do is we write a song each in the space of a week, and uh, we play them and talk about them on the podcast. <laughs> when we have a guest on, we ask them if they want to go first. So, Chris, would you like to go first? Uh, yes, I would love to go first. Um, this is a song I've written, and um, it's in a weird tuning. Just because... play it open for us a second. Ooh, sounds like a major chord. Yes, I'll play it if I can remember. I've literally only, I wrote this song in forty minutes, and I have practiced it once since then. So uh, we'll see what happens. Awesome. My feet feel heavy on the ground. My eyelids slowly. Should have spent it all on you. Wish I had spent it all on you. Wish I had spent it all on you. Change a single thing. 
I had spent it on you. I should have spent it on you. I should have spent it on. Spend it all on Um, just a real quick thing for the people at home who can't see. Um, Chris is in a funny alternate tuning, but he's got um, a capo on the uh, fifth fret, but it's actually leaving the lowest string as an open string. And then the five above that are capoed on the fifth. I just wanted to mention that right off the bat. Um, but that is really cool. I really like that a lot. Thanks. What? It, it's, uh, it's weird because it's... Um... Uh, it's, the, it's a really rare for me to write kind of a corny song like that. Uh, and it's also, it's weird because I, I would normally practice a song a lot more than just the 40 minute slot that we've had. But, um, <laughs> oh, don't worry. You're not alone this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're really not. <laughs> same, same with me. <laughs> That's cool. Thank you. So it, it's a kind of more of a straight ahead song than you've written on the podcast in the past. Sorry. Just hit Declan's guitar there. Um, and... Uh, what what inspired that? Was it like the lyrics that you made you want it to be like more straight ahead, or was it just the way it came out? Uh, no, it's it's uh, well, I think there's there's a couple of reasons. The first is because I haven't written a lunacy song for like nine months, so hmm. I wanted to write something that's kind of could be used in a pop setting. Uh, but also because I only ha I only had forty minutes to do it, I've been really really busy with just everything, like all my, all my composition and stuff that I'm doing at the moment and film stuff. And so I literally did only have the forty minutes to write that, and that was forty minutes where I should have been spending there's my friend who was leaving Falmouth and I wanted to go see my girlfriend who was like needed to see me for some stuff okay it's like but I had to write the song and I wasn't going to back down I had to do it because I hadn't written a song for nine months and so it's kind of it has to it has to be kind of blocky and poppy because those were the immediate kind of chord patterns that kind of emerged from something that I wanted to check out does that make sense it does and I have a question for you yeah you should have spent all the time on them Instead of writing the song, is that the idea of the That's song? That's the idea of the kind of yeah, <laughs> I like yeah, that. yeah. That's yeah. Cool. So, it's, it's, but I also wanted to write the song. It wasn't I didn't want to write it because I wanted to do it, and that's the one of the reasons I I love doing this podcast is because it makes me write a song in a week. I have no choice but to, and I could you, yeah. you know, If I told you I couldn't do it, you'd be like, "That's fine." But that's not the point. The point is I have to do it in a week. So it's mm. it, it's basically the only way I write now uh, is on this podcast. But what I quite like you were saying that that was quite like blocky and straightforward. Yeah. But what I quite like is that as you're building the song up over time, then uh, you're sort of adding new elements to it. So it starts off just being essentially a drone with um, like a double stop. And yeah. then you're just adding on another note onto that double stop. Then you're beginning to move that around. Then you're using other bass notes. Then you're moving everything mm. around with that counter melody. It's true. So I wouldn't say it's like blocky and simple. I'd say there's actually quite a nice bit of structure going on. And yeah, to Roger. Make it... <laughs> <laughs> I 
just, I just <laughs> I wanted to see that coming. I just wanted, <laughs> I just wanted to see that. Yeah, thanks, Declan. No, I, I agree. But like, it's, it's quite nice. Well, I've gone and fucked this up, haven't I? But no, what I quite like is that there's this sort of this build in complexity over the course of the song. Roger. <laughs> um, that's it. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't mean it's 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 it is uh, it's quite using a pop kind of feel to it, but it's uh, it's taking an idea and building on it gradually rather than going here's the idea and it's going to go in and out. It's going to go in, it's going to gradually build yeah. an idea. You're not just playing the cowboy chords and getting away with it. You have actually created something identical, uh, uh, unique to you. Yeah. Thanks. So with the tuning, is yeah. it a tuning you've heard in a song you like or one you just kind of randomly chose? How did it work? How did you I get was, to there? I, I'm really bored. I usually play in sort of just off different variations of dadgad tuning and I'm really bored with that now. So I want to do something else. And I started playing in like open C6 tuning and then I started playing and I realised that there's a Coldplay song Till Kingdom Come that's really easy to play and then I couldn't not play that song so I had to like, scrap that tuning. And so I, I've written a song in a similar tuning to this before. It's kind of it's kind of just... I think it's, I think it's my own tuning system. Um... Right, for, double the up some of the for the ladies and gentlemen at home, let's see what it is. Uh, I can take if I take the cap off. It's kind of um, you've got a C in the bass, and then I can't remember what that is. I think that's a G, and then a D, and then I double up these two G's here because that gives me some nice like like a mandolin or something like a mandolin yeah which is something that i want to start doing more and then you've got d on the top there well i suppose that also if you've got um the two doubled there you can use that for your melody as such so you've got two yeah. two voices playing the same thing oh yeah it gives it a re- yeah it gives it a really nice kind of yeah like thick chorusy sound which is quite nice. sort of like a 12 string mm. like 12 string yeah so you did you kind of go through and just go like, okay, there's a C in the bass, and then the next string I'll just go to whatever sounds right to me, or was there some kind of method yeah, to that? Yeah, there was, there was looking, if you look online, there's loads of different uh, alternate tunings and stuff to look at, and I just went through them, and then I, I used that, and then, I, and then I went through that process of going, okay, how can I make this more my own kind of thing? Because I think that's it's quite important when you're writing, if you're using open tunings, because they, they can be very predictable chords if you just use normal open tunings, so kind of make your own variations on them. And I got some really, like, one of my favourite chords in that song that I ended up getting, uh, and I don't even know what chord it is, because that's the great thing about open tuning, it's what it feels like rather than what you know it to be. Yeah. Is this one. I really love that. Yeah, I like those two as well. And this one. That's the one that got my attention particularly. And I've no idea what they are, because that's the beautiful thing. That's one of the reasons why I write in open tuning, is because I've got a lot of... As a, as a composer for film, I, I use a lot of my sort of process to writing normally. So I'm normally like, cool, I know how the musical structure works. I know that if I use the tonic and then I use the dominant, I use this. And it becomes a really predictable pattern. So if I play in open tunings, it's more about how it feels than how I know it should go. And I've sure. no idea what the chords are, which is, just makes it more emotional. It's fun as well, isn't it? Because like, when you go to a certain chord, even if you know what tuning you're in, each one has a certain feeling to them which you can put lyrics over. But when you're in open, like you say, it's almost like you're starting to play the guitar again where you yeah. don't have any uh, any names or symbols for the for the notes you're playing. Yeah. And then I'm just kind of reiterating what you said, but then you go off the feel rather than like intellectually what shall I do yeah. next, which is a cool way to write. It, yeah, it means you forget about what it should be doing and it's just what feels right. Mm. Which is just, uh, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's a nice way to play to, to write. I'd like to take this opportunity to say the song isn't straight ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but what I what I quite like as well with um, playing in open tunings and things like that is that because you've got you haven't necessarily got chords like for example C, where you've only got three notes in there, or yeah. like um, like D seven, 
where you've got four notes in there to choose your scale, uh, to choose your note for the melody from. You've got like whatever weird harmonics and whatever weird like uh, uh, suspensions you've got purely out of having some of the strings ringing open. Did That's that true. influence the melody writing at all? Or is that I just think sort so, of like... Yeah, I think so. Because I, I think, I know that obviously in Indian music they use a lot of, because this kind of, this kind of doubled up kind of thing, you know, feels a bit sitari, a bit kind of like sitar thing. And then you've got the drone going on, which you kind of get in Indian music. So it kind of influenced the fact that, okay, I'm going to be pretty much rooted in that scene. The beautiful thing about open tuning is you can just slide around and whatever you do kind of sounds fun and like, oh yeah, I'm really good, but really you're just... <laughs> just dragging them around. So I think it kind of influenced it in that sense because I was pretty much locked into C, only in the chorus to actually move away from the C and even then the rest of it's still pretty much locked into the C. So yeah, it's been C very much so. Mm. Kind of influenced the melody writing in that sense. It's cool, the fact that, um, <clears throat> like you say, you've got a drone in the bottom and then you've got the two playing, but because they're slightly out of tune, you not only get like a 12-string, uh, you know, slight dissonance, but also if you're doing a melody on both those strings, like one of your fingers slips up to the fret above quicker, you, get, you get like a kind of illusion of microtonalism, or microtonality, I guess the word is. That's true, actually, yeah. And especially true. if you go to certain Arabian chords and that sort of thing, it's, it's cool, yeah. Have you ever tried writing in microtonal um, scales before? On guitar. I can see you being well into that. On guitar, I did get really into microtonal music uh, about two years ago. And I did write some stuff in alternate temperaments. They, they weren't on guitar, but I wrote a piece of music that was in... Uh, like I used to look at Balinese music and the Gamelan and Slendro and Pelog scales that they use, which are used different tuning temperaments. And I wrote songs in that, that tuning and I did like a surround sound piece that was in like... 7.1 and use different tuning. So oh, that's cool. cool yeah. I've never done one on guitar because it's locked in with it. To of the, course. To the Unless you have like a fretless uh, guitar, which are super, super expensive. It's true. Yeah. yeah it's true. In fact, it's funny. I was watching some videos last night on um, on these classical, well, they, it's not just classical, but mostly classical guitars they make where they like fret it. So like instead of having a line, you'll have like a bunch of like staggered frets all over and it looks really weird. Ooh, I but, like I've seen that. Each, yeah. each fret is like, um, you can buy different ones for different styles of music, but... There's this one that has like, uh, must be sort of a hundred pieces of fret all over the fretboard, and it's just such a weird guitar. Oh. It sounds really in unusual and interesting. Have you looked at nineteen tone temperament guitars? They're uh, they're just no. normal guitars, and you can refret a normal guitar to do it, or you can buy a nineteen tone temperament guitar, and it uses the the more traditional temperament of nineteen tones rather than twelve. Oh wow! And you can get some really interesting sounds out of them, but they're probably really expensive. But you can make your own as well. You can kind of make your own. That's really cool. A little DIY venture for the listeners. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was watching these videos as well on um, fretless guitars, um, just really quick. And um, I had this idea to like get a second-hand guitar, like an electric guitar, and then keep up to the 12th fret completely fretted normally, and then from 12 frets up, just make it fretless and polish it down Ooh. with with that stuff you use to polish it down. And then so like you can play rhythm down here, and when you get to a solo, you slide around. Oh, that's such a good idea. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun for for recording solos and stuff Definitely. like that. Yeah, that'd be so cool. The only thing is then you suddenly need to play a note in the solo on the 11th fret and you think, damn, it's fretted. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Damn these frets ensuring that I hit the right note. <laughs> yeah, Stupid fret, conventional frets. a blessing and a curse, aren't they, sometimes? Yeah. A fretting and a curse. We don't need to fret about that. <laughs> fretting and a curse, I think, might be the title. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a potential for sure. Fretting and a curse. So with your song, you said, like, um, lyrically you hinted at what the chorus is about. Is there anything else you'd like to say about the lyrics? 
Uh, it's quite corny for me. Uh, I haven't written a corny song like that for a while. Um, but I think that's because of the time constraints that I had, and I was in quite an emotional mood. Um, well, you say corny, someone else might say heartfelt. True. It does say things like, uh, love is the gift you bring, which is a bit of a corny thing to say. Uh, you've left it in my heart, and now I sing. That stuff like that's a bit too on the cheese for me. So it's stuff like that I might revise and, and take out when I've got more time. But uh, otherwise, yeah, it was just... Yeah, it just it just was very much how I was feeling at the time of writing the song. Mm. And it's not a usual theme that I'd go into because I'm trying to write more sort of positive stuff. And this is, it feels quite positive, but it's it's kind of talking about kind of being locked into kind of the, the role of a composer and not really having the time to do the things that I want to do. So kind of, yeah, kind of, but also admitting that there's good people in your life that you want to spend time with. It certainly feels like a positive song and not just because of the tone of the music. Um, and, you know, they say write about what you know, and I think the best songs you can write lyrically, at least, are the ones where you write about what's going on for you at the moment. It's true. Uh, which I don't always do, but I think the, creating a snapshot of what's going on for you at the moment is the most sincere thing I think you can probably it's do. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, are you going to play this with the band at all? Um, uh, yeah, if I if I get it together and, and sort it out, there's a few things I'd want to change. Like, I haven't quite worked out that second verse, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, it'd be good to do. Yeah, well, I can certainly imagine it with drums and bass and uke and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we probably will. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, That's you awesome. can imagine it going off into a descent of madness at the end, like uh, like a massive massive jam session or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean it's, it yeah. it feels a bit. Um, what's the name of the artist? Like uh, John Butler Trio. You heard much John Butler Trio? Yeah, it feels yeah. a bit like that sort of thing, and they kind of go quite crazy at the end. So yeah, it's that kind of John Butler Trio kind of craziness would be good. That's awesome. That's really cool. Thank you. Really That's cool. Fantastic song. Declan song. Crap. Right, so this is my song this week. It's called See Through. Goes like this. Thank you very much. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
Thank you. What an unusual song. I really like it. Thank you. Um, it was written in about just under an hour. Uh, I've had quite a busy week this week. Uh, and uh, was taking my guitar into lunch at work a lot of the time. I ended up only having half an hour to come up with something, uh, which is where I just it all just came out quickly, which is why it's all basic shapes, just to try and get that sorted. They're not basic yeah, shapes. Or <laughs> well, basic chords. Like, they're not uh, basic chords at all. Like, I was going to talk about that, because you you're, you're doing all these really interesting like seven chords that you sort of slide, all of it's like sliding well, around. around. Yeah, yeah like, that's really interesting shapes. Yeah, they're not standard at all. That's the very reason I said it's unusual, because it's so out of left field, for you even. For me, it feels more like a standard pop song. Um, no. But... Uh, I may as well stop making excuses and start saying where it all comes from. So, the opening riff, the... That's based around um, sort of bar chords, G, C and D. But that's what I tend to do a lot when I just uh, randomly solo. I like trying to keep one note uh, going in the background as I'm doing another bit of melody as I solo. So, a shortcut to that has been, if you're playing bar called G, the D, G and B strings, uh, the first bit is the uh, D and G strings, next bit is the D and B strings, and then D and B, but then you're playing what would be a C shape, shape uh, move that up to a D, move that back down, and then it's just putting the root note in when it comes in with a bit more force. Which is a lovely touch. I yeah, noticed that, you know, nice. after the intro, you like you say, you bring that root note in and it fattens everything up. Yeah, and also leave that G ring in as much as I can. So when you go up to the D, mm. it sounds more impressive than it actually is. <laughs> um, it's really cool. Yeah. And then the verses, uh, that's the only sort of bit that I sort of was for lack of a better term, inspired. The rest of it is quite cynical songwriting to me. Mm -hmm. uh, so the first bit of the verse is just, uh, again, that G bar chord. Hammering on an E and moving that off the D. And then taking that root note off to an open string. So you've got E minor there. So essentially what we were doing is... Just well, you say essentially you're doing that, but you're not essentially doing that at all because you're playing in a totally different <laughs> yeah. like inversion well, in a totally different part of the guitar, <laughs> and you're adding so much more to it. So you're not essentially doing that. Well, I just say it's not a million miles away between. <laughs> you're literally playing a totally different shape in a totally different set of strings I'm in a different saying, position. I'm just saying it's two quite simple chords, <laughs> and then our old friend's semitonal movement comes back when you get to the A seven up to C. Uh, A7 over C sharp. Oh, that's lovely. And then just D7. That D7 is such a Declan Kitchener chord. That D7. <laughs> yeah, this is totally. I was going to say it's guitar. very. I was going to say it's very old fashioned, but you know, <laughs> whatever you like. <laughs> and then, um, uh, 
yeah, the chorus, I just thought, well, I can't just sing the riff again. So essentially what it ends up being is me doing the root chords, uh, sliding F to a G, and sliding C to a D7, but trying to sing essentially something like the riff over it. Nice. Like a... Isn't oh, really nice yeah. They're not identical, but they're sort of come the from the same, same place. wheelhouse, I, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool, because, I mean, when you play the intro and then you play the chorus, like, now you're breaking it down, I can see, okay, it's based around the same chords. But because of the tonal difference and the, and the melody is that much more different, I didn't think that it was the same part. I don't know about you, Chris. Yeah, no, it sounded, sounded really different. It sounded yeah. like, like a totally different part, the yeah. chorus. Well, thank you. It shows that I can cheat now. Um... <laughs> Where do you think your inspiration sort of came for it? Can you, can you pin it down? Can you pin it down? Uh, what for the words or for the? Just for like the chords, because it feels hmm. the chords feel, and they don't not too much so, but it feels a little bit Jack Johnsony kind of the way you're sliding up and down is is re in a really nice kind of summary kind of way. It's got a more lilty feel than you normally definitely go for. Um, I wouldn't say Jack Johnson necessarily, but we've just been having like a load of like guitar pop bands on in work, like. Uh... Like the the one that's oddly enough stuck in my head. I don't necessarily like this record, but it's the one that's stuck in my head the most is the new Jonas Brothers one, where they've got like uh, that sort of laid back electric soft guitar pop feel. I was just thinking like, what would happen if you wrote one of those songs properly? <laughs> so, <laughs> just, um, so uh, yeah, that's where it came from. And like I say, that sort of shape. That sort of movement is what I just love soloing with when I'm playing over major sequences. So that's where that comes from. It's really nice. Mm. Um, the only other bit to say about the chords is then the bridge, the E, mm -hmm. because why not? It's A minor, C, B7, and then either then to an E minor again the first time round. That's just so you can do that beautiful trick of. Oh, changing yeah. that back to an E major. Like, that's not because it sounds nice. It's just because I thought, well, I need something to talk about this week. <laughs> it's it's really cool in the sense that I don't think it sounds like a usual song, but the fact that you kind of broken it down for us and you said, this is the G and the C and the D, you've got those kind of elements. But as Chris said, uh, they are so different because of what you've done with them. And then when you go to your... Um, Correct me if I'm wrong with naming it wrong, but the bridge where it goes to like the uh, A7 over C sharp. Oh, what, the uh, pre chorus. Pre chorus. Happen. Like that stuff feels so, um, so fresh, you know, to your ears because you've been in, in key, so to speak, or diatonically um, for the rest of the song. And you get to that place and you're doing the uh, semitonal movement and it really works. That's fair. Thank you for saying that. Um, yeah, I don't think there's much else to say about the music of it. What about the lyrics? Lyrics! lyrics. Well, they were written very last minute. That's a new jingle. <laughs> Sorry, go on, yeah. <laughs> what, just, are we going to have that every single week? You'd have jingle. What about the lyrics? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be done. The show where Declan Kitchener tells us about the lyrics. Declan. Well, um, <laughs> the reason I'm sort of like... Uh, being quite vague about this is because they don't really mean anything. They were literally just written at last minute. The only bit that sort of came to me, again, is that 
bit, the um, it was actually the chorus bit. My world's a pig and yours is see-through. I just thought, that's a lovely line. Mm. And then I didn't have anything else to write about. So he was literally scribbled out in about five minutes. I made sure they sort of worked with the vocal and then got in the car and came down to Cornwall. You say that, but then I was reading along as you were playing um, and the lyric really got me. I was like, that's a great lyric because you want to break, but I don't need to. That's just because it rhymes with see-through. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny, um, though? It's like that Beatles thing of um, the movement you need is on your shoulder. I'm going to change that. No, you won't. Because it's the best lyric in the song. Yeah, so um, I really like the chorus. Uh, thank you. The only sort of, in inverted commas, clever thing that I tried to put in there was like the whole idea. There's uh, that quote, may you live through interesting times. And I just thought, can I try and fit that in the verse? And then by the time I realised I wanted to fit that in, it was the last line. So Okay. Uh Interesting times that you'll live to mention by the end of your life. And again, another point there, which I liked, is the fact that the by doesn't sit within the stanza. Um, traditionally speaking, the by comes on the one of the next uh, bar. Sorry. <laughs> uh, continue. And I thought that was really interesting. That's the end of the point. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Why did that make you laugh? <laughs> Never mind. What a great song that was, Declan. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> no, I mean, in all in all earnestness, um, I really like it. And lyrically, it's uh, it exists. It's an unusual one for you. Um, I like the I like the, the one last final thing is I like the mentions of uh, Kurt and John and Fred and Dave. Yes. Uh, musicians you look up to, I imagine. Yes. Literally. Just I was stuck for words. Even Kurt and John didn't know the words. They just wrote some down and hope for the best. That's all that means. Ah, so it was very in the moment. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Yeah, I really like it. But uh, yeah, that's my song. Awesome. Can we move on to a better one, please? Roger. I'll play a song. Roger. Okay, right. So, um, yes, this song is called Greystone Wall, and it goes like this. Thank you, Roger. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. That was so good. Roger just, Heather's peak songwriter here. I just want to ask, what was the lyrical inspiration for it? Oh, stop. Are you selling any Roger Feathers today? I won't be able to do it if you make me laugh like this. All right, here we go. I woke up to a grey wall outside of my window to a mailbox blank as the gray in the bricks of the stone wall outside of my window. Baby, I've been here once before with a stone wall outside of my window. And I try to wreck my memory for what got me out of this mess. Be Conniving and trickery Which made these people sick of me Till they built up a great wall around me Times have changed since the days that I used to be someone With an empire as large as the sea Or the shore to the harbor outside of my window 
And my one lady love Whom I left in the trenches With only a dollar to hold Who came just to see to me And occupy the scenery I guess that's just one wasted love For me to remember When the lock never matches the key tower it keeps out the rest of the world but these bricks are eroding my personal power i'll stay here and do as i'm told we've got everything that we need in this town from the bricks in the wall to the pork in your belly and someone from london to watch on the telly personal items to fill up your personal space thing about that Roger was how you played it in just one complete movement I know really it's nice. great isn't it all the listeners can probably attest to that it was really good after I edited it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no um like I was saying to Declan and Chris before um I wrote that song on piano and that's actually the first time I played it through on guitar I just realized halfway through um well it's good it, I'm impressed that you managed to do it all in one take <laughs> well, thank you thank you I'm glad that you're pointing that out <laughs> as it happened, you know. It's just yeah. a fact. Just, just a fact. Um, well, I just feel it's worth highlighting. I mean, the fact that a person could play a song through in one take is unusual. I mean, you two didn't do it. It's true. <laughs> we had to edit ours together. It's amazing. Yeah, like, we had to do ours chord by chord, essentially. It's, yeah. But no, that's, it's, yeah, really, really cool. So, like, it's, it's, yeah. I'm, this is me throwing it back a year, but it feels kind of, it feels like kind of traditional kind of chords until yeah. this kind of middle section well there's there's two kind of crazy points in it mm. uh, the first is it kind of goes in this middle section and starts doing these like weird chords that start going up in this really nice nice way and then they've got kind of go into a waltz like in yeah. the middle of yeah, it I, as well. say, like, I miss what? the random free fall roger it's nice to have him back again. yeah <laughs> <laughs> that used to be as... kind of like a trick of mine if i was stuck in a song i'd be like right let's go to a waltz yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> but um so this song started with a song from the most recent Muppets movie, as is most that, good songs do. Is that the um, uh, Muppets Most Wanted? That's the one. Couldn't remember, thank you. And it's this song called The Big House. May I recommend you try our famous pool In the big house, you'll never be alone Life ain't bad in the big house, no froggy no And uh, I just, I heard it and I loved the the feel of it, right? So it's not very well represented on guitar, which is why I would have liked to play it on piano, right? So the feel of the of the song, as, you know, people will have just heard, is kind of this 12-8 thing, like one, two, three, one, two, three. And you've got like these piano chords at the top, just on the higher octaves of the piano go... 
bum, 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 bum. It's almost like a 50s sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. That, that kind of thing. And so I was just like, that's so cool. I'd love to do a song with that feel. Um, so, And also with that kind of like musical approach to it where like it tells a bit of a story and it's kind of got like some funny lines and then that sort of thing. So I was like, that would be a cool thing to do. So the reason I played it on guitar, like... like Because uh, you can still kind of imagine... Those notes up there, um, but it's just a little bit easier to kind of like strum it and play it because otherwise I'd be like, I woke up to a grey wall outside of my window. Yeah, you'd ideally need a bassist to uh, be comp mm. uh, complimenting your chords on that if you were doing it that way. Yeah, but that's the intended feel of the song is that, that faster feel. So, anyway, I, I heard that song and I was like, that's so cool, I want to write something like that. So, I started to right um back in somerset because we're not in somerset at the moment we're, we're down in cornwall for various reasons that's on tour <laughs> <laughs> I live here <laughs> <laughs> i mean technically i live here but oh it's true <laughs> you can live here too i do live here <laughs> you do now i live in this house um this is mine so yeah so I only really had a guitar to write on when I started writing the song, but I knew I wanted it to be like a piano song. So then I finished, I started on guitar and I finished on piano. Um, but the whole time I had that rhythm in my head that I wanted to kind of use. Um, and then I got the first verse on like the first day of writing, which is unusual. Um, and then I had that and it took me a while to kind of get the rest. And it was only when I got to the piano at my family's house in Cornwall that I actually got the waltz section, um, which is why it was so difficult for me to play. Because like, those are really piano chords, especially this one part where it goes to this this uh, chord, which is G, B flat, and C, like played together. Um, but it sounds really cool on piano, but it's really weird on guitar, and I couldn't figure out where to play it. But yeah, um, I started writing the song lyrically from this place of like, I literally woke up on Monday morning, and it was like really horrible weather. And it was like, where from where my bed is in my room, if you look out the window, if it's like a horrible day, it's just the grey sky. You can't see any trees, no traffic, no nothing, right? So I woke up with this grey, like, it looked two-dimensional, like this slab outside of my window. I was like, okay, that's the lyric. I woke up with a grey wall outside of my window. See, the way I pictured that, you may have seen me, yeah. like, move my head away so I wasn't distracting you from laughing, but I just had this mental image of, like, someone, like, uh, waking up to literally just seeing like a grey cobblestone wall like outside of the house and thinking when the hell did that get there <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well that's kind of what it evolved into like yeah that's the only real line where i was like that's something that actually happened to me and i was like the the idea of actually being a wall and you wake up and you're trapped inside some kind of like someone's built a wall around your entire house <laughs> and you've yeah. got to like yeah. the builders have been here again <laughs> you're like make the best of that situation and i was like <laughs> I was like, it's some kind of prison. So then I was thinking, like, what could somebody have done to wind up like in such a low security prison <laughs> with someone who like, you know, despised them that much? That would happen. And uh, so I was thinking, what about if this guy was like a banker, and like, or like a Wall Street guy, and he'd like fuck loads of people over, and you know, cheated on his lovers and that sort of thing. And uh, all the, that's the thing in the, in the bridge where it goes, My one lady love who I left in the trenches with only a dollar to hold. I was going to ask about that lyric. Um, it's just sort of like, you know, like in a, in a sort of musical song, there's always a bit where it breaks down. and Like mm. there's a sad moment. It's like that bit. And uh, I was thinking like, although he's really rich, he, he would have left her with like nothing, you know, just like a real deadbeat guy. Um, 
And then the rest of the song kind of talks about the pros and cons of living behind a wall. <laughs> <laughs> and we've just lost all of our listeners in America. <laughs> um, that's pretty much all I could think to say about it. Unless you have any... Um... I do quite like the line. For some... I love the sort of um, redundancy of it, but personal items for my personal space. <laughs> it just yeah. tickles me somehow. Personal items to fill up your personal space, yeah. Um, and I was thinking, like, that end bit is kind of meant to be somewhat tongue-in-cheek. But I was thinking, like, the boring things that could happen in, in this enclosure. It's like... Uh, from the bricks on the wall to the pork in your belly. And someone from London to watch on the telly. Kind of like John <laughs> Lennon type of poems, you know? It's interesting. I feel like there's two kind of things that I get from what you've just done. And as a songwriter, I think I'd get from that. And the first is kind of that you, you woke up with a really powerful image. You had this image of like the wall outside the window kind of thing. Yeah. And instead of going down the typical route of going, okay, I'm going to write about a sad song about how my life is sad because I feel a little bit grey today. You've gone, let's be ridiculous with that and, and do something like totally... What, okay, what's, let's take this hypothetical scenario to a ridiculous level and actually write about that, which is really cool. Uh, the, the second thing I think as a songwriter I would take from that is that you've actually spent a week writing it. Oh, <laughs> as opposed yeah. to us where we're just like, oh, we've got an hour. <laughs> and that makes a huge difference. It makes Because you've got, you've got so well thought out all the different chords and stuff in there. Well, you've, you've got you've... multiple sections and multiple feels. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's an unusual thing because, I mean, you know, Declan will be the first to, to say that I was. I'm always like. I wrote it on the last day. Yeah. We're always normally well, we're, like that. That's both of us. Like yeah. normally, like. Oh, I wrote this when we only had five minutes to spare. But like, <laughs> exhausting those ideas beforehand is really helpful because you can like yeah. pick the cherry, pick the best of everything, and build on it. Yeah, and put like the waltz section in, and put things in, and actually work out sections, as Declan said. So yeah, it's yeah. two two good things to take away. Well, it's right? it's. I'd like to claim like yes, I like to spend seven days writing my <laughs> song, but the actual reality of it is I've been so busy this week. It's yeah. like traveling and yeah. Anyway, I've been busy. And it's like any moment I can find, I'll just have to sit down or else the song won't get finished. So I was like, okay, all right, I'm at the piano. I'll just finish it here. I'll just do something. So I know that's exactly, the only reason. I know so. exactly the feeling like uh, I had this thing, a mate had a leaving do at work the other day and just ended up like lugging about. Everyone's getting like a bit drunk. Like, oh, we're here. And I'm still lugging my guitar around. <laughs> like, oh God, if those guys get massively drunk, I'm just going to go outside. And, uh, <laughs> and just write. <laughs> yeah, go out to the smoking area and put on a little impromptu concert. God, the sad realities of a podcaster, eh? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it was nice to kind of like, you know, the last thing I say is just to have those seven days to like think about the song differently. Because if you write on one day, you have one approach. If you write over the course of a few days, you forget what your first approach was, so you have to be inventive yeah. and come up with something different. So It's worth spending the time revisiting it, I think. Mm. I wish I did that more often, you know, but... I wish, we ha- I wish we got paid for this and we didn't have to do anything else. <laughs> Even write songs. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else write the songs for us. Yeah, we just like sit back and reap the rewards. Bagsy Elton John. Oh, damn. Actually, Paul McCartney, I probably have. Who would I have? I'd probably just end up going for Dave Grohl. I like the way this episode you're on first name terms with Dave Grohl. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Dave. Oh, me and my mate Dave. Probably just ring up Dave and mate. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Could you write me a rock anthem for the ages? You can? Ah, oh, fantastic. Cheers, mate. That's it for this episode of the Weekly Song Podcast. If you like what you've heard, um, why not send us an email at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, also, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes, or a four-star review, or a three-star review, or a two-star review, or a one-star review, or you could just do nothing. 
or you can leave us a comment on SoundCloud. Um, there's no star system on there. Yet! Um, there's a love system, though. <laughs> there is a love system. We need love. We're so desperate for love. Um, where can they find you, Roger? RogerHeathers.com, which links to my band camp. You can also find me at Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at RogerHeathers. Where can they find you, Chris Baker, our special guest? Uh, well, you can find the stuff that I write today at Lunacy, but it's spelt like a pasta. Nice pasta. Ice pasta. It's spelt <laughs> like pasta. Uh, it's L-U-N-A-C-C-I. So lunacy.co.uk. Come check it out. And you're, and you're just generally gigging around Cornwall area? Uh, actually, we're not gigging in Cornwall at the moment. We're gigging, we've got a gig coming up in Plymouth, and then we're going on. We're doing some gigs in the southwest, and then we're going to the Faroe Islands and playing in the Faroe Islands. We're kind of going on a tour. Everywhere but Cornwall. We're gigging everywhere but Cornwall <laughs> at the moment, yeah. Good to know. And uh, they can, you can find me in the oh, yeah. SoundCloud, in the SoundCloud, and uh, on the recommended bit there. And also, because this is going out on Friday, isn't it? Yes. Uh, if you're in Exeter, um, why not come to a gig I'm doing at Cooling's from either 8 or 9 o'clock, I'm not sure which. Um, you can tell I'm a bit out of practice with this, can't you? I'll put it in the show notes, what it uh, is as well. Yeah, pop it in the show notes. It'll literally be the day of release, so. Uh, yeah, 9 to 11, it'll be me shouting and um, playing songs and pretending that I know what I'm doing. What's the venue called? Cooling's. Cooling. Sounds cool. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Right, but that's it for this episode. Ta-ra! We're really sorry. Ta-ra! Bye!